Welcome to Gaper Play, a podcast about all things queer in the world of video games, pop culture, and beyond. I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova, and much like this Pokemon game, I am unfortunately descended from the Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Eric Solis. Also descended from the Spanish. Also descended from the Come Spanish. On. That's right. Vamanos. And we're <laughs> we're joined Everybody, today. Let's go, Pikachu. <laughs> And we're joined today by a returning guest, uh, not descended from the Spanish as far as I'm aware, um, <laughs> but <laughs> we we love them nonetheless, maybe, maybe even more so for that. Um, it's Travis Ryans from the Rainbow Road Podcast. Hello. Hello. I am one of Los Perejos, but I am uh, <laughs> I'm descended mostly from Scottish and Irish, so I guess I'm from the Gaylar region, I, I guess. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hola. Uh, or, it's... or in honor of um, the premiere of Canada's Drag Race versus the World. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, bonjour, hi. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for coming on again, Travis. Um, it's it's been what, when was it? Summer when you when we had you on last? I don't know. Uh, I have lost this... all concept of time, but I'm gonna go yeah, with that. No, Let's okay. say summer. Truly, as this year is winding down, I'm like looking back at the abyss that was this past year, and I'm like. It's all kind of a blur. Uh, but yeah, we had you on for our episode that we did on Prey and also Stray, which had just come out at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, which literally feels like a million years ago. Yeah. A years ago. I still haven't finished that damn cat game. <laughs> hey, it's okay. It, it it might win Best Video Game of the Year at the Game Awards. We'll which see. Which is wild. It, I feel like... Mm, if, well, we, we can't get into the Game Awards right now. That's another episode. I feel like we, have, I feel like we had the same conversation about the Game Awards every single year, which is just like... <laughs> What a weird, what a weird, weird event. And like the nominations being just so left field. Anyways, we're not going to get into it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes, Travis, we previously had you on um, earlier this summer for Prey, a game which you and I both love, but Lawrence was too scared to play. So I feel mm-hmm. like it's only doing our due diligence to have you back on the podcast again so that you and Lawrence can talk about a game that you both played that I'm too scared to play. <laughs> <laughs> And then yeah. I'm going to bring both of you onto my podcast where I'm just not going to bother playing it to exactly. have you guys yeah. talk. <laughs> and you're just going to sit and listen. Yeah, pretty much. You Let like you guys it. do all the work. That's the fun of yep. hosting. Um, okay, so it's been like a month since we've recorded this show, and I feel like I've yeah, forgotten. Sorry, it's been a minute. These, these rusty years that we are do turning. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah it's lagging along much like a game that we're going to be talking about in a sec. Um, just glitching across a, a vast open world. But we're gay for play. We are a podcast about uh, queerness in video games. We talk about all sorts of video games, talk about their queer themes, um, how we as queer people resonate with them, etc., etc. If you haven't listened in a while, or if this is your first episode, welcome. Hi. We're, we've been kind of um, inconsistent. Lately. No, no, you, we had yeah. shit going on. We, 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 we've been Wait, busy true. boys. We've been busy boys. I went to New York. I was in mm-hmm. your time zone, Travis. This is true. Uh, and you did not your side visit. of the border. I didn't, unfortunately. Rude. Although, Lawrence, Lawrence, rude. Although people have been saying, you're, wait, you're in Toronto, right? Yep. Which slayed that pronunciation. No, no hard <laughs> T there. Exactly. <laughs> Just like um, all the locals. I was hanging out with a friend in New York who had worked in Toronto for a hot minute, and uh, they were raving about it. And I was like, Toronto sounds like a great city. I would love to come visit. Yeah. Toronto yes, is like please. the theater capital of Canada, correct? Um, Every kind of capital except political. It is the largest mm. city. It's kind of like the New York of... It's the New um, York. Yeah, the mm. New York of it all. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's definitely our biggest 
television and film hub. It's our theater hub. Um, it's kind of got everything. Yeah, it's got Drake. Well, it unfortunately. Didn't have Drake. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Drake. Especially another, from someone another person I can't get into right now. Who grew up here, listening to him say bullshit like started from the bottom. You grew up uh-huh. in fucking Forest Hill, the richest goddamn neighborhood <laughs> in this city. Do not start me with this started from the bottom shit. Like it's absolute bullshit. Damn, damn. No no love no love for your sixth god. Uh-huh. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I guess, uh, well, but I guess before we get into our main episode, we wanted to talk about this up top, uh, which not to bring the energy all the way down, but, uh, unfortunately the horrors keep unfolding as they are wont to do in this day and age. And we wanted to take some space up top to talk about the tragic, tragic, um, shooting that happened in Colorado. Um, when was it last week? This week? I believe it was on Sunday. Yeah, I think it was, it was yeah, it, it, it feels... It, it feels like one of those things that just kind of like hit like a bomb. Um, and he keeps hitting over and over again as I keep reading more and learning about it and seeing more yeah. about it. It's a uh, yeah. It's been a bit persistent, unfortunately. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, every single mass shooting is uh, so horrible and so tragic. But this was this is one that has like hit me the hardest since like the pulse shooting uh, mm-hmm. and another shooting that occurred at a queer bar, and it just. Breaks my heart because these are supposed to be safe spaces for queer folks. Um, and if we don't have that, then what do we have? And um, it's been hard to find a light, but um, I don't know. I'm just holding a lot of uh, space in my heart for all the victims and everyone inf- affected by it. It's just been a lot. And I hope that you guys are taking care of yourselves, too, as you process this news. Yeah, especially um, go- especially the going into, like, the holiday season now, I think, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and the last couple of years, it's been a very now more than ever kind of feeling when it comes to holding your loved ones close and finding that uh, family wherever you have. Um, like, I didn't make it up to see family for Thanksgiving this year, but I instead spent my Thanksgiving with a group of uh, queer friends. And it was the first time I've ever spent that holiday with that kind of family before. And definitely what happened in Colorado uh, was on my mind a lot for that and being able to, like, be happy that I have those spaces as you know, it begins to feel like the queer spaces that we've made for ourselves feel less and less safe. Um, yeah, it's it sucks. It feels inevitable, uh, unfortunately, especially with all the anti-gay rhetoric that's happening, not just in America, but kind of fucking worldwide right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it just uh, hurts a lot, and we just have to remember that we are all in this together and that we all... Uh, uh, have love in our lives, even uh, when it feels like these kinds of tragedies are the things that are trying to take that away from us, you know? But yeah. they can't take it away from us. Mm-hmm. Come I on, simply cannot. And I think that's honestly like why I love that we have the podcasts that we do, because we are taking mm-hmm. up space in a community that is extremely hostile to us. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. it, you know, it has historically been both a refuge and a place of danger for the queer community um Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm just so glad that we both have these spaces to to take yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh sending y'all lots of love um again please take uh take care of yourselves um when you feel yourself spiraling uh you know don't be afraid to ask for help and also take the space you need and stop you know talk to us Talk yeah, to us. Stop, stop doom scrolling. The yeah, three of us. us are like pros at doom scrolling. I bet all of yeah. us. I bet all of us just wish a stranger would message us and say, "Hey, what are you doing? Stop looking at Twitter for a minute. Are you good right now?" Yeah. 
Well, there might not be a Twitter to uh, look at. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, trying to break oh, it yeah. for us. So. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. again, yeah. we've been gone for We've missed a so minute. much. This has been <laughs> such a fucking eventful month. Um, also, when you were talking about anti-queer rhetoric across the globe, I wanted to take a space, take a moment to just say, uh, fuck the World Cup. <laughs> okay, can World you go Cup. can you go over this for me real quick? What actually what's going on sports, huh? Yeah, okay, well it's just oh god. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just it's taking place in um Qatar, right? The mm-hmm. United United Arab Emirates. Um which just like has very strict anti uh homosexuality laws still in place and like uh you know criminalizes people for just being publicly gay and there's been a pu- lot of backlash against it and people trying to be like hey it's fucked up that this is happening here um but fifa don't fucking care so it's no, just they do not. yeah also don't buy fifa games anymore like uh, what a waste of money and your time yeah. honestly <laughs> <laughs> never did in the first place i'm a queer yeah so. <laughs> yeah right. i literally don't know who the fuck that message is reaching on this gay ass yeah. podcast <laughs> Although y'all know me, I am a baseball stan. I did play MLB The Show, uh, <laughs> which is not a great name. It's not really a great game, but love me some baseball. Is there a <laughs> halftime show simulator? I want to play that game. <laughs> I think that's just chance. Okay. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, what else? What else? Okay, yeah. Elon I broke really Twitter. Else. And, well, yeah. T- um, Twitter's dying. R.I.P. I guess um, uh, Bob Iger's back at Disney. Yeah, oh, they swapped yeah. up one Bob for another. One Bob yeah, for yeah. another, Bob two for Bob one, Bob one is back. <laughs> if you're a Disney adult, I hope that means something for you. I hope you're happy. <laughs> As someone who just got back from Disney a couple weeks ago, I, it's watching some Disney stands lose it on Twitter. I'm like, y'all, oh, y'all need better things to talk about right now. Like, ugh. were you in Floor or were you over here in Cali? I was in Florida. I would have like oh, absolutely mm-hmm. hit you guys up if I was in California. But no, nice. I was going to say because I saw you at Disney and I was like, I know they did not come to the U.S. to my Golden State and not. <laughs> no, I would have said something. <laughs> I would have made the made the trip down the five to uh, to good old Anaheim. Uh, but anyways, hope hope Disney World was fun. It was. It was. My um my six year old nephew got stopped by a bunch of stormtroopers. Uh, and they were like, you're not going to cause any trouble, are you? And he goes, no, no, I left my lightsaber at home. Uh, they, like, grabbed their rifles. They're like, what? And he goes, it's red. I swear, it's red. <laughs> when you started that story, that. I thought you were just going to say, and he's dead now. <laughs> yeah, the Empire took him, I fear. They took him and we haven't seen him. <laughs> we're going to put up, like, little missing posters everywhere. <laughs> Uh, alrighty. Well, shall we get into our game? Because, ooh, again, eventful month. What a doozy of a game what we have to talk about doozy. this this, uh, this week. Well, because I think uh, originally you and me talked about, we wanted to talk about, like, God of War or the new Sonic game. And we were like, and Pokemon will come out and it'll be fine and we'll talk about it. But then as soon as this came out, we, you and I were both like, oh, no, we need to talk about this we game. Need to take, we need to take this game to the red table and... Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the Scarlet slash Violet table. We need to take it to the Scarlet <laughs> table. Oh, I just remember what my other cold open was going to be for this podcast that just mm-hmm. came back to me. It was. Do you want to say it, and it. then we can edit it back to the beginning of the podcast? Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova, and I just want to stay in that violet haze. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Love it. <laughs> Great. Anyways, today we're talking about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. 
Is that still the theme? Do they still use that? That sounded like Kirby to me. That was Kirby. I'm so sorry. Y'all, yeah. can you tell I'm a little tired? Well, episode. we're all tired. Well, it is it is famously the day after American Thanksgiving, so Travis is fine, uh, and he's watching the two of us kind of spiral as we have the <laughs> post-Thanksgiving-itis. Um, I don't know about you, Eric. I slept like a fucking baby last mm. night. I was uh, in bed turkey. at like 9.30 last night. Oh, my yeah. God. That turkey put me to sleep. Anyways, um, we're here this week to talk about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the uh, ninth generation of Pokemon games that have uh, debuted on the Nintendo Switch. These are the second uh, Pokemon games to um, mainline-ish Pokemon games to hit the Nintendo Switch this year after January's Pokemon Legends Arceus. A very good Pokemon game, I should add. <laughs> Damn right. Um, that I, that and, I still need to play and do want to play. I do, in fact, want yeah. to play that game. And spoiler alert, as I'm kind of like looking at our like bookend Pokemon games that we have this year, I think... Legends Arceus is kind of like the definitive girl, the one to play. Uh, I completely agree one. with you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scarlet and Violet, how how are we feeling about it? Travis, I'll throw it to you first. <laughs> I, oh, I, I want to like it. I really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is the thing. So like, it's hard not to compare it to Arceus in the fact that it came mm-hmm. out in the exact same year. They are both sort yeah. of Pokemon's first foray into an open world concept of what Pokemon could be. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 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 it just feels like such a regression after Arceus. Every yeah. decision feels worse. Um, yes. I, I, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just thinking through the thoughts. Because I, okay, weirdly enough, I don't hate this game. I am kind of like... Uh, at the point 20 hours in where I've like um, kind of looked past all the very, very glaring flaws of this game and I'm kind of just in a um, brain dead enjoyment mode. Yeah. But this is like the most critical I've ever been of a Pokemon game, which is saying something because I've been critical of like a lot of Because you put up with Sword games. and Shield. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You were talking about how it feels like a regression in every sense, Travis. I'm disappointed because it feels particularly like a big step back from Sword and Shield, which I thought had a lot of growing to do. But like looking at it now, Sword and Shield were more completed than this game is, for one. Yeah. Um and I don't I I feel like just a lot of small things have kind of just like gotten worse. And like I think that's the big question of the hour is why? <laughs> like why? And I think I do have the answer for that question too. Um because I feel like Scarlet and Violet is a game that needed some more time to bake in the yes. oven um 100%. this game clearly feels like a result of developer crunch and needing to meet a holiday deadline which they have now met um because they try to release what generations every three years now that's kind of been their consistent generally schedule. yeah 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 um like it's usually like between like the let's go games and arceus and the remakes and it just it feels like they're just trying to and Pokemon po- Snap and Pokemon yeah. Go. It's, to be fair, it's that's... oversaturation. Oh yeah, well, Pokemon Go I know is Niantic, which is a different company. Yeah, and Pokemon Snap was Bandai Namco, Pokemon Snap. right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it wasn't. Um, it was okay. Never mind. Yeah, I feel like Game Freak only makes generally about one game a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they still, did our small staff. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. So I feel like we talked about this when we talked about, I think when we talked about Legends Arceus, a game which we also, like, kind of dragged for being kind of ugly. This game is, let's say it, 
much uglier. Well, and <laughs> see, this Arceus. is the thing. Like, I, I actually quite like Legends Arceus. I liked its cell shading. Yeah. I liked its, you know, sort of That's storybook the thing. approach. It had a, it had a distinct style. This yes. just looks like PS2 graphics. Honestly. Yeah, this just looks ugly. And, and that it, and that it looks as bad as it does, and also runs as bad as it does. Yeah, I hate to say that it's kind of embarrassing, but it's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing. no, it's fully embarrassing. It's fully yeah. embarrassing and kind of maddening too, because Pokemon is the most Profitable multimedia franchise on the face of the planet rakes in billions and billions of dollars. No, that's that's being dramatic. It rakes in a lot of money. I know it is <laughs> billions. No, it's, it's literally probably billions. billions. It, it has to be billions. billions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that like they have all this money and all these resources, but don't seem to not support their core developers, Game Freak, in you know releasing the best possible product that they can is kind of maddening and really upsetting. That it seems mm-hmm. like. The Pokemon Company doesn't love Game Freak as much as Game Freak is responsible for the thing that um, the Pokemon Company has turned into. Which is, our, it's um, like the tentpole media franchise in the Pokemon franchise. I mean, the game, yeah. the games are the flagship thing. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't have Pokemon games, then like you wouldn't be able to make an anime off of them, and you wouldn't be able to make trading cards off them. Like it all stems from the games, and so it's so shitty that it seems like constantly the game seemed to get the short end of the stick here it's well i think that's part of the problem is that all yeah. of this surrounding pokemon stuff whether it's the the anime the side games the merch the everything all mm-hmm. of that hinges on game freaks production because they yeah. don't introduce any new elements outside of it like really mm-hmm. new pokemon have to be introduced through game freaks games other than yeah. like melmetal and meltan yeah from pokemon which is the only exception in the history of pokemon mm-hmm. so I, I think that's why they're so strict about their release schedule is because they're desperate for new content yeah, for everything yeah. else. But at that point, just let other people make Pokemon content. Like, yeah, or, yeah, I don't know, hire more... I, I, again, I, I can't speak to... I can't be an armchair game developer because, yeah. like, I don't know what it's like at Game Freak. But it's like, give them more support because it's like, they clearly need it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, cle- it yeah. clearly is while there hasn't been like an explosive like expose on what's going on inside at Game Freak, I don't really think we need to know that to know that like these developers are working through Grunge and in many ways probably being abused in terms of like how how much work they're being made to do. If this is if this is what they're putting out with this yeah. strict of a time crunch on it. Like, I don't know, if Arceus was the only Pokemon game that came out this year that would have been fine. It like it was fine. it was yeah. it was such a bombshell when it came out. It was insane to me that they were releasing Scarlet and Violet now, like later in the same year, when you truly could have given it at least another year in development. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I don't think most people would have been that mad or cared because Arceus was so good. Yeah. Allegedly, um, I haven't played it. Thing, like, Lawrence, you had said that you were sort of like looking past its its flaws and its imperfections and stuff like that. And yeah. I feel like for the most part, I have too, because I'm not going to a Pokemon game for the best graphics. That I'm that's it's not necessarily the feeling of the core engagement that I'm mm-hmm. getting out of it. But even some just basic design decisions, like yeah. are I'm really rubbing up against and getting a lot of friction from. Like, um, if if you don't mind me diving in, but like the, no, let's let's. Um, one of the things that really upsets me is the level cap system is still tied specifically to the gyms as mm-hmm. opposed to the Titans. And like, you can't have three different main story paths that I'm supposed to be picking and choosing between and running around between when only one of them is allowing me access to actually use my Pokemon. To catch and train more Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. And like, you can still technically like catch an overleveled Pokemon. But as we famously learned from Ash and his Charizard when he evolved his Charizard too early, it ain't going to listen to you. Exactly. Right. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, there's that. Also, like, again, like, there's very, like, minute things that really bother me. Uh, this one is, like, so nitpicky. But, like, when a Pokemon has the sleep status effect induced, in every other Pokemon game before this, they would close their little eyes. But in this game, they, they, just, they just have, like, Zs above their head, but their eyes are still open. And I'm like, that seems like such a, like, tiny little quality of life detail that, like is missing here and i feel like that there's a lot of that in this game and lawrence i will do you one better not uh-huh. even just closing their eyes a lot of these pokemon in the overworld have sleeping animations that's right true. so why don't they just use the sleeping animations <laughs> oh it's maddening it's it, it's upsetting um, Could we? Could you do like a quick like overview of what sure. Scarlet and Violet is um, okay, when it comes yeah, yeah, to yeah. new generation? What, what do we have going on this time? That's right. Okay, so in, this game takes place in the Paldea region, which is set mm-hmm. in España, uh, or like a, 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 the Pokemon inspired equivalent of España. Yeah, yeah, inspired by España, Spain for you non-Spanish speakers. Um, and you, uh, I will say, this game has a cool like. Uh, conceit which is that like you are this trainer at you are you are a new student at uh an academy it's uva academy in pokemon violet and naranja academy in pokemon scarlet uh which is grape and orange academy respectively (laughs) um and uh you are a new student and like you're going to learn how to become a pokemon trainer at pokemon school um and so you like go to the central town where this like um basically university is located um and take classes and you are sent out to uh, this event called the treasure hunt which is basically where you're let it let out into the open world and you're told to go find your treasure whatever that means to you and the game presents to you three different like story paths to follow uh one is your traditional uh eight gyms uh eight gym badges that you have to collect uh in the um that are scattered across cities in the world. Uh, the cool thing is that you can truly tackle these in any order, although they are not... Um, they don't scale with levels. So, like, right? um, there, there are, like, tougher, um, you know, gyms with higher levels that, like, you'll want to challenge later. Um, I will say that's, like, kind of a baffling decision, but it yep. has, like, pro- like produced some fun for me where, like, I've, like, gone and tackled a gym that, like, I was kind of underleveled for and still, like, managed to beat. Um, so, like, I think that's a little neat, but, like, still it feels like a weird decision overall. Um, so there's that path. There's the, um, the what's it called? The Path of Titans? Is that what it is? Yes. Or, yeah, the Path of Titans where you're, like... Um, uh, have to go battle these, like, five basically giant boss Pokemon scattered throughout the map. Um, I'll get into that one more in a second because I have some nice things to say about it. Yeah, as do I. <laughs> and uh, thirdly is the, um, uh, the like, villain organization track. I forget what it's called. Uh, um, I know their team star. I forget what the path is called. It's, yeah. it's not Path of Victory. It's not Path of Legends. It's, like, it's Path of... I don't, I don't remember. Path but. of the third one. Uh, but anyways, that's where you're going to these, like, villain bases. Uh, Team Star is basically a group of, like, rogue truant students. And you need to go and beat them up and convince them that school is cool. <laughs> that <they should> come <laughs> to class. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, um, there are, like, different bases scattered throughout the map um, that you can go and challenge in, like, a weird, like... Um, beat em up You send... Like, you don't directly battle a lot of the Pokemon, but you're told to just kind of, like... Uh, battle a bunch of them all at once. It's weird. It's it really is weird. weird. And then you have it. It's you like know, they like developed a boss battle at the end. 
it's like they developed that let's go mechanic uh, for Eric. To, uh, that's basically, you can send out your lead Pokemon to just auto battle a bunch of things in the overworld to save you time grinding. Um, which is neat, but it's, they also yeah. didn't have anything to do with it. So I think that's kind of why they shoved it into this. Yeah, like, Oh, no, it it's, it's important now. You got to use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's, cool so it's all open world you can go in any order you want um although there are clearly some levels that are designed to be um late you know later game areas um and yeah also weirdly like it, it's going for a lot of things because i mentioned that school thing and the more i'm playing it the more i'm kind of like oh they're kind of trying to go for like a persona thing here too uh i don't travis have you spent much time like taking was, classes oh, in the academy i was getting yeah, like fire emblem also too like academy yeah, yeah kind of three houses um, vibes yeah mm. Um, but yeah, you, you go and like take classes and then you can like level up your like relationship with like the teachers and like get closer to them. And it mm-hmm. seems like they're kind of like leaning into some like persona-esque stuff, but also like... Can you date them? Very, like, can you date your teachers? Your test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are like distinctly a child. And like, <laughs> as I'm playing this game, I'm like, oh yeah, my character is a literal child. Um, yeah, what else? What else? Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a strange game. Because, um, like, we didn't get too much into, like, what's technically wrong with it, which is a lot. Um, <laughs> there's horrible textures, like, just graphically um, low-res textures on everything. A lot of pop-in, which weirdly wasn't a problem in Legends Arceus, which no. is to say that, like, when you're, like, going across a map... Um, you know, like things in the distance will suddenly just like pop into pop into view as you get closer to them. Yeah, Legends the, Arceus, like, go ahead. I was gonna say the the draw distance is not very long. Yes. like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to get very close to something for it to actually appear in the real world in front of you. Yeah, and also it does not persist if you drive away even a meter and drive back, then it's gone forever and it's respawned yeah. something else. Yeah, which is very annoying because you're you're going pretty quickly across this open world and then you'll just like run and straight straight the fuck into a Pokemon and get uh, involved in a battle in a Pokemon that was invisible two seconds before. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that. There's a ton of bugs and glitches. Um, More bugs than Gradient Forest. <laughs> Truly. Mm. Mm, that was good. Um, mm, snaps. <laughs> yeah. The game has been crashing. I got my first crash the other night. Um, I was just hopping around on my, on my legendary ride Pokemon. Uh, and the game just froze and crashed and sent me back to the title screen. Luckily, I had autosave on, which I usually play with autosave off on these Pokemon games, but I turned it on specifically because mm. I knew there had been a lot of bugs. Yeah, that, feel, um, that feels very unsafe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard, I, I read that, or somewhere that like it, it, you switching it from your SD memory to your system memory sometimes helps a lot of the technical issues. It doesn't fix everything, mm. but like check to see where your game is saved on your Switch. Yeah, yeah there's... Sorry, go ahead, Travis. Oh, no, just, yes, uh, I've heard the same thing. Uh, apparently, a lot of people have had a lot better performance out of it after moving it off the SD onto the hard drive memory. Yeah. Uh, people are also having a lot better performance playing it handheld uh, compared to in uh, docked, mode. docked because That's the higher the resolution. That's the most wild part. <laughs> yeah, well, because the higher resolution obviously means, you know, more CPU power, et cetera. Higher people resolution are saying, like, meaning 1080p. Can't handle 1080p. <laughs> <laughs> And the, um, I, the, the really egregious thing is, like, anything that is not within a meter of your character, it drops to, like, and I'm not even kidding, sometimes two frames per second. Yeah, truly, truly. Like, I, that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also, I was going to say, too, um, 
people are saying like a fix is like if the game starts to like get really start really chugging along, they say like save the game, quit it, and like close it out and reopen it, and then that'll like solve some like RAM leak issues or something like that. Which again, it seems wild that like we have to we have be doing to all do these that. workarounds. For let's say it, a sixty dollar product that should not be having these issues. It's well, and then huh. another, another excuse yeah. that I keep hearing from people is that like, oh, it's just it's so limiting because it's the Switch. The Switch isn't capable of much. And I'm like, Breath of the Wild looks gorgeous, runs beautifully, yeah. and was made Came as a launch day title. one. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not, not even it was made to be a Wii U game. It was a game made to be on the Wii U at first. <laughs> and even a, a more modern comparison, people have been bringing up uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three as a point of comparison of mm-hmm. like a huge open world game that looks. Uh, remarkably more detailed and more more prettier and gorgeous and skinnier than Scarlet <laughs> and <Violet>. More moisturized. <laughs> yeah. Mm, just um, cool, beautiful, beaming skin, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, part of it is that the game isn't, like, optimized for the Switch properly uh, because people are have already emulated this game on PC and are like, yeah, a lot of the bugs are just fixed on, you know, stronger hardware. But even still, like, that's not an excuse because it's like, if you're going to make a game exclusive to Switch and you better optimize it to run on the damn system. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of, to me, it shows off that, like, there doesn't seem to be much creative vision or direction for the Pokemon series well, overall I, right now, at least. I look, disagree on that point. Yeah, I, okay. I, yeah. Sorry, you go ahead, Lawrence. Yeah, I, I feel like creatively and like uh, game design wise, I think Game Freak knows what they're doing, and I think that they have um, great ideas. I just think that they're really bad at execution. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. Like Sword and Shield did as well as it did, and yet they still understood the need to shake things up. Arceus Legends yeah. is a huge departure for the series mm-hmm. to the point where, like I said, Scarlet and Violet honestly feels like a bit of a regression. Um, yeah. But they're clearly trying something new. It's not that I don't think they have creative vision. I really like the ideas that they have with a lot mm-hmm. of this. But as Lawrence said, I think it's all an execution problem. And I think so much of it could be solved with more time, which just is, you know, kind yeah. of talking in circles. Yeah. But. And I, well, I think what I mean by that is I, I feel like I just, it seems like there's so much constraint put on them because it all has to tie into the card game and the merchandising and the TV show that I wish the... I wish the Pokemon games could take more hard lefts. Like Arceus feels like a really out of left field, like game design system for a game. I, I agree. I wish that they felt like they had the freedom with games like Scarlet and Violet that are going to be even more popular and make more of a splash. I wish those well, games felt more, more uh, interested in, in really redefining itself rather than just kind of continuing to build. Well, I don't know. Again, I, I do feel like Scarlet and Violet is redefining and like pushing things in a, farther direction it feels like a thing of like they just um took too big of swings honestly mm-hmm. um because i mean this is like um technically more ambitious than legends arceus and the fact that it's like a full open world compared to like open zones like legends arceus was for sure um, and, and battling is a lot more like this is the <laughs> i could talk for ages but i like <laughs> the battling better in Le- legends arceus but i understand mm-hmm. that there is more of an emphasis on battling in, in um, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, and they yeah. had to take a look towards a competitive eye, where that was really not a thing for Arceus. Yeah, yeah. I will say, competitively, I am excited for what this generation of Pokemon games will hold. The new, like, gimmick in this game, which they've had one ever since introducing Mega Evolutions back in X and Y, uh, is the terrestrializing feature, which um, basically yassifies your Pokemon, uh, covers <laughs> them in... 
uh, covers their titties in Swarovski crystals, girl. <laughs> to, to quote Miss Rihanna. Um, but yeah, it, it, it covers, like, it's this feature called terrestrializing. You can use it once per uh, Pokemon Center rest. And I guess in um, competitive battles, it's just going to be once per battle. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, changes the type of your Pokemon to a certain monotype. So... Let's say you have a Gengar, and it is t- typically Poison Ghost type. You could get a uh, Dark type Gengar, which turns it into a pure Dark type, um, which and like adds a lot of moves. like, yes, and boosts uh, Dark type moves overall. Um, so I think it's a very like interesting uh, uh, concept. Um, it doesn't feel it, it feels more thoughtful than uh, Dynamaxing from Sword and Shield, which. I was never a big fan of. It was just like, let's make this Pokemon very big and strong um, for three turns. I was not a fan of that in Sword and Shield. I agree. Um, I think this is the first gimmick that I've actually liked. I didn't really care for Mega Evolution. I didn't care for oh, Z-Moves. I Mega Evolution Squirrel. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. This is the first one that I, I really feel like has a lot of tactical value because yeah. you can really sw- switch things up to like try to anticipate your opponent's movements and try to do some 4D chess yeah. and shit. I, I think yeah. it's really cool. Um, a great example is I have a Pokemon called Z- Sandy Ghast on my team, which was introduced back in Sun and Moon. Um, it's a ghost ground type Pokemon usually. Um, so water is normally super effective against it, but I found a grass type Terra Sandy Ghast, um, which allowed me to, uh, tackle the water gym with it, um, which was really cool. It also has an ability where if it gets hit by a water type move, it like strengthens its, uh, defense, um. So I just I just think there's a cool lot of cool neat possibilities. Uh, how, how are you liking the uh, the starters for this for this gen? Love them. I do mm-hmm. love them a lot. <laughs> Who did you pick, Travis? Uh, I picked the gay little duck. I loved Quaxley. Same. The gay little duck who fully is the gayest of all the starters in the end. Yeah, because he um, just keeps getting gayer as he evolves. He keeps getting gayer and gayer. He turns into like a like um like a ballet dancer for his like second stage. Like literally, his like mm-hmm. battle position is like him standing in like uh fourth position mm-hmm. yeah is this the one that's like giving vogue arms almost well, yeah and then the final evolution is like a flamenco dancer yeah. um with like a huge like ostrich tail of water um and it's constantly it has like um faggy little limp wrist <laughs> <laughs> that little um, bear. i love him yeah it's it's the gay it's the gayest starter i love it um yeah i i picked quaxley as well i love him um uh yeah i like the designs of all the starters people are miffed that um the cat did stand on um, stand on all fours by the end because yeah. Pokemon is obsessed. You mean on on two legs? On two legs. Yes, yeah, on, on, on legs. two legs, not on all fours. Mm-hmm. Didn't stay on all fours. Um, although Fue Coco's final evolution does go on all fours, and it's the first fire type starter to be on all four on all fours. Fun Love fact. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how do you like the um, the Spanish influence on this game? How do you think they did incorporate it? Because because like what Sun and Moon was Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Sword and Shield is like kind of like UK, UK industrial, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was British, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's neat. Um, they like characters speak a lot, like a surprising amount of Spanish in mm-hmm. the game, uh, which is neat. Um, I joked on Twitter the other day that like I think maybe part of the reason why I'm not enjoying Scarlet and Violet is that I have so much uh, ancestral trauma related to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Can't deal with the colonizer bullshit. <laughs> exactly. No, but I think it's I think it's cool. I think. Um, yeah, uh, the, like, main academy is based off of uh, La Sagrada Familia, the, like, famous cathedral in Spain. Like, the, the um, weird, like, asymmetrical spires and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think it's a cool setting for the game. Um, 
they have a lot of cool like um um Spanish named ish Pokemon. Um Flamingo. Flamingo. I yeah, love Flamingo. Flamingo. <laughs> I love him. It's the worst Pokemon design. It's literally just a flamingo. Yeah, and I love truly him. just a flamingo, but fun name, Flamingo. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. It's neat. <laughs> Wow, yeah. gripping thoughts wow. here. Great, incredible journalistic work. <laughs> well, okay, I wanted to say, I wanted to be nice. I wanted to say nice things about this game. Um, the Path of Titans quest, I am, like, really, really surprisingly, like, touched by the story. Yeah, um, same. Yeah. Um, do you want to Do you want to go over briefly what this, like, what that story entails, Travis? Sure. I, I will. I don't know if I'm spoiled. How far have you gotten? I've done like four of them, so we. I, I don't think we need to spoil the whole thing, but okay. I think there is that just like, the general one, idea, like, little then. twist. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. So basically, you are being led around by Arvin, uh, who is a mysterious figure who sort of ends up putting you with your bike dog. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for lack. Of oh yeah, a better we should thing. say too. Yeah, because he's the son of the professor. Uh, yes. So um, either the hot caveman girl in Scarlet or the um, sexy futuristic gay in um in violet uh he's the son of them um yeah and uh yeah in the beginning of the game he like accidentally gives you the legendary pokemon who becomes your like uh your uh means of getting around the world your little bike your bike um yeah oh is this the it's like it has wheels but it will just run on all fours anyway and doesn't not use the wheels (laughs) in scarlet Scarlet yeah yeah in scarlet it like has wheels on its body but like runs on all fours um and in Violet, he does use his wheels because the legendaries are uh, Koraidon and Miraidon, which um, basically means uh, past lizard and future lizard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one's going for like kind of like a prehistoric theme in Scarlet, and they're going for like a futuristic theme in uh, Violet. Because um, um, that's anyways, like Professor Pasado and Pro- Professor Futuro, right? So like, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, oh and I've also wow! Seen... I, never, I didn't get that until now. <laughs> yeah, Sado and Futuro, right? Like it's wow, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Um, there's also um, Tandem Mouse, and which evolves into House Mouse, or Mouse House, yeah. where it's two little mice Pokemon, and then it just turns into four little mice Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Four or three. It could They could have one baby, or they oh. could have two. It's oh, really cute. interesting. Dang. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this okay, Path of getting... Titans. Oh, sorry. Yes. No, yeah, I was, I was going to bring us back to that, so continue. Yeah, uh, Path of Titans. Um, Arvin, um, you don't understand at first why, but he is hunting for Herba Mystica, which is these special herbs that are growing weed. in special places. Yes, it's weed. It's weed. Uh, you're getting a sativa, you're getting an indica, you're getting a hybrid. <laughs> like, you're just running around. Just getting high as fuck. It's great. Um, yeah, no, you're finding these herbs for his cooking. Uh, what you find out pretty early on is that uh, the reason that he wants to become uh, a, such a good cook with these herbs is to heal his very sick Pokemon. Um, and it is a really touching storyline of a guy like he, all he cares about is just wanting his Pokemon to feel better. And I, yeah. this is where I kind of rubbed it's... up against the, the gyms. Cause I, all I wanted to do was help this poor Pokemon. And yeah, I had to go beat right? gyms first so that I could do <laughs> In it. In order to do, like, be strong enough to do it. Also his Pokemon is a new like dog Pokemon called yeah. Mabostiff. And it's just this like, Truly big old little old guy um, who's like, anytime he sends him out of his Pokeball, he's like, um, like laying down on the ground because he's sick and it's like very touching and sweet. And I like, I again, I was like surprised by how much that like story beat really like emotionally moved me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sweet little story going. Uh, so, yeah, basically he's like, 
these Titan Pokemon are guarding this Herba Mystica, so defeat them so that we can like use the Herba Mystica to like cook good uh, ingredients to uh, heal my dog. But also the like plus side of doing that too is that like anytime he makes one of these little sandwiches, your legendary Pokemon pops out of its Pokeball and is like. Uh, dude, literally give me your sandwich. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to eat it right out of your hands. Um, and Herba Mystica also gives uh, your legendary Pokemon, like, new powers. So, like, it'll, like, uh, help, it, help him dash faster or let him swim across water or unlock the gliding mechanic. And so, like, um, it makes traversal easier, too, which is a yeah a cool little feature. Yeah. And, like, it, it's not often that I'm actually interested in a Pokemon story, I'm going to be honest. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I really like that. I like that, too. I, I also really like uh, your, like, main rival. Um, what's her name? Nimona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's just very spunky. She's What's cool about her is that, like, usually your rival is, like, starting alongside you. And it's like, I'm going to go beat the gyms, too. And uh, I'm going to, you know, hit that gym before you do. Better catch up to me. Uh, in this game, your rival has, like, already become a champion. Uh, and is just, like, super enthused and, like, trying to get you obsessed with, as obsessed with Pokemon battling as she is. Uh, and so she's like, all right, I'm going to fight you, but I'm going to, like, uh, you know, go through my team and, like, pick out some Pokemon that, like, are around your level so that I... You know, I don't go too easy on you, or, you know, I don't go too hard on you. Um, so I think that's a kind of a neat twist on the, like, rival formula of having, you know, someone who's, like, already gone through all of it and is kind of, like, a mentor figure to you. Yeah. Um, I think she's neat. No, I really like that. It's a nice yeah. shake-up of the formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, also interesting that, like, I-, I like that the gym leaders here seem to sort of be community figures as opposed to just, you know, a random person who is at the gym. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. they're, they're like involved with the towns that they're in and they have other jobs <laughs> like the normal type gym it's just yeah. like this depressed office worker <laughs> yeah uh my favorite trope also um shout out to game freak for naming a gym leader after me because we love gym leader larry in this yeah. house <laughs> nice isn't um one of them is kind of maybe giving trans a little bit yeah i, I wanted to bring that up too there's the ice type gym leader um i just fought them the other day i forget what their name is um uh but yeah um kind of has like a very like feminine look has like a little scarf over their face um but is does use he him pronouns in in the game and so people Mm -hmm. have been like pointing to them as kind of this like gender bending type well and their whole color Um, scheme is like blue pink and white oh yeah the the trans flag Mm -hmm. colors as well and like don't yeah and they use like boku instead of um um whatever the other Oh, I think Gender this is referring to, like, not the, the ice gym. This is, you're referring to the Yono or whatever, the, um, the electric type gym. Oh, yes. Streamer yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's who I was talking about. Because yeah, I yes. saw the picture of the character who had, like, trans pride flag colors in her costume design. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, she's like a VTuber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was hey, kind of fun. Hey, like, how else oh, are you going to talk to the kids? Hey, how, where, where else are you going to get them? <laughs> okay, Lawrence. Gotta connect with them. I saw you post on Twitter, and I, I need to know, it, does the Professor Clavel or whatever, Director <gasps> Clavel, actually yes. say Chugi? No, that was a le- legit line from the game. Uh, if you, oh, like, go God. to his office and talk to him, he's like, can I ask you something? I keep hearing this word around campus, and I don't know what it means. Can you tell me what Chugi means? <laughs> and then you have, like, three options uh, of, like, how to respond. You can be like, it's something super cool, or it means bad. None of them... Like none of the answer choices are actually what Chugi is, um, so they didn't really. <laughs> Which is do why, like, explain that, what honest. Chugi is. Chugi is oh god. <laughs> oh god. 
<laughs> Do you really want to know, Eric? You know, you know what Chugi is, right? I know, but I want the listeners to know. <laughs> okay. Well, Chugi is like think of like uh, live, laugh, love culture. Um, Glee. I would I would cons- constitute Glee as Chugi. Um, although Glee is kind of circled around just being camp at this point. I don't it's know. like like wine mom culture. Almost. Yeah, wine mom culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think like um, corny, but like in an in like a hyper earnest way, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. very very late millennial like yeah, yeah, yeah. meme dumb uh-huh. almost. But anyways, the, it, the it, headmaster it, it, of the Pokemon University asks you what it means, and you answer, and he's like, "Interesting," uh, and he says something like. People use all sorts of words to describe how they're feeling. I think it's really important to keep up with slang. <laughs> and I was like, uh, neat. What a neat I have to wonder, like, to your teacher. <laughs> like, that has to have been, like, invented in translation because in Japanese. Yeah, obviously. Does, yeah, like, what, I wonder in Japanese, like, was there a, sl- a Japanese slang yeah. word that we wouldn't understand here that, like, chugi is, like, the closest equivalent to that they could think of? Yeah. Or how did they land on that? Being yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm really curious, like, what, like, uh, when it went to localization. There's a lot of, like... Oh, you know what else? I noticed a moment. Um, I was in the nurse's office, and uh, they have like a lot of like NPCs. You can't talk to them, but they'll just have like a thought bubble, of, like a speech bubble above their head that says what they're saying. Um, and then one of them said, "Like it smells like hospital." And I was like, "Did the localizers <laughs> watch City? Real <laughs> Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and put the reference in the game?" <laughs> you said I smelled like a hospital. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Rest man. in peace, Jen oh, man, Shaw. Man. Yeah, have fun in prison. Oop. Oop. <laughs> oh, isn't that so? Well, we can't get into Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I keep saying we can't get into things, but it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, and we have more Pokemon thoughts. I, I have, I have so little. Truly, I mean, it's nice hearing you talk about it. There's no way in hell I'm going to spend sixty dollars on this game. Yeah, don't. If you're going to spend money on a Pokemon game from this year, buy Legends Arceus. It was, it's the mm-hmm. superior Pokemon game, I think. Um. Again, though, I don't know. Oh, uh, the f- stupid fucking sandwiches. I hate making sandwiches. Oh, I've never bothered. <laughs> so, I just never bought. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, um. So, yeah, it's like a new feature. In in the last game, it was like curry that you could make for your um for your uh, team. But basically, like, uh, it gives you different, like, overworld buffs where, like, it'll give you more experience points if you battle Pokemon of a certain type. The only reason that I'm gonna mess with it later on is that, like, it can increase your, like, shiny odds um, to, like, uh, make shiny hunting easier. And it also makes it, there's, like, uh, ways to make it easier to, like, uh, find eggs. Um, so, like, it, it does have some, like, in-game uses, but, like, it is truly the most, like, brain-dead, cooking mama-ass mini game where you're just like putting toppings on a sandwich and then uh plopping them down and then having your character pretend to take a bite of it (laughs) (laughs) like off center it is so uncanny valley weird stupid bad i don't like it you mentioned your shiny odds i'm gonna stir some drama and say that i completely disagree with you about whether there's oh you saw my take i did see your take i completely disagree Okay, so something that people have been complaining about online um, with this game, one of the many things, is that, like, um, so this is the second game where, well, I guess technically the third game where Pokemon appear in the overworld. Uh, the second where they appear shiny. Yes, the second where they appear shiny in the overworld. Because um, in Sword and Shield, there was, like, overworld Pokemon, but you wouldn't know whether they're shiny or not until you went into, like, 
a static encounter with them and start, started like a proper battle. Um, in Legends Arceus, they added the f- um, feature of shiny Pokemon being able to appear visually in the overworld, and they would make a little like shiny noise. They would go bling and have like some like sparkle glimmer off of them. Um, in Scarlet and Violet, shiny Pokemon appear in the overworld, but they do not like signal that they're shiny. So you have to like look closely and be like, is this a shiny Pokemon? I don't know. Um, and I had the hot take <laughs> that I kind of love. That I kind of like that because a lot of people were complaining. They're like, "What if I like run past a shiny and like you know don't even notice it because the game didn't like um, signpost me that it's there?" And I kind of like it because I think that shiny hunting has like lost a lot of value over the last few years with Pokemon. Um, with Pokemon Go being a huge culprit because you you can catch shinies left and right in that little mobile game. Yeah, that's um, true. But I kind of like that they're adding some, like, spice back into shiny hunting where you kind of really have to be paying attention and really looking out. Um, I still think that they should, uh, obviously, like, uh, add some signifiers in to show that it's a shiny in the overworld. But I kind of like the added level of, like, tension and, like, um, uh, attention that you have to give to uh, properly shiny hunt. But you disagree, Travis, I assume. <laughs> I, I do. I So I completely understand what you're saying. But yeah. I feel like it just becomes unfair when the game is so bad. <laughs> because Yeah, true. Like, yeah. Two things. One, it's the the fact that they don't appear until they're very close to you and you're moving at speed. And I can totally see why it's so easy to miss them. Because mm-hmm. you would have to go and individually inspect every single Pokemon you come across. Yeah. Which is really tedious. Uh, and also just the design of a lot of the shinies is bad. A lot True. of them yeah. just look way too goddamn similar to yeah. the original design. If they stood out more, I would completely agree that, yeah, I love the Where's Waldo of it all. I think that's a mm-hmm. great idea. But as yeah, yeah, it yeah. stands, they barely appear and you can't even tell when they do. So. Yeah, I agree with you too. And the fact that like the visual fidelity in this game is not great. So like yeah. you really have to be squinting. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I yeah, think it's if things ideal. worked better, I would completely agree with you. But yeah, as it stands, uh-huh. it does bug me. Um, yeah. Have you gone in and seen on your trainer card, it'll tell you how many shinies you've battled? Yes, yeah. Have you missed Luckily, any yet? No, I'm at, I, I have seen zero, and the game has told me officially that I've seen zero. Yeah, <laughs> so, same, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm safe I'm safe for now, but like I will be so pissed if that number ever does not line up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, I guess lastly, do we think this game is going to get a patch? And if so, how significant do you think it's going to be? Um, I I want to believe yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, but the thing is, I think it'll just end up being extra content. I don't know if they'll actually fix what's there. Yeah. Because um, like Legends Arceus didn't get any patches, um, other than like the mass outbreak patch. Yeah, yeah, afterwards. yeah. Uh, not that it really needed it, but still, um, I don't know. But it's also like, didn't it sell crazy well? Like, didn't it sell ten? Yeah, that copies? I'm like doubtful. They have they like, what is their incentive to really fix it when like it's the the press seems to be pretty bad and yet not affecting sales whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, it is the fastest selling Switch game ever. It's the biggest launch of a Nintendo Switch game ever. It's the biggest launch of a Pokemon game ever. So unfortunately, um. <laughs> Unfortunately, our our um, outcries might be falling on deaf, um, money ridden ears. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, it's it's a bit of a cyberpunk twenty seventy seven all over again. At least I it in terms of like public outcry and like all of the internet just being completely covered in people posting their like you know funny little clips and and glitches. 
But at least with Cyberpunk, CD Projekt was pretty quick to be like, hey, yeah, oops, we fucked up. We're going to work really hard to, like, fix this. Like, the fact that, like, we've never, we're not going to see anything like that. I'm doubtful we'll see anything like that from Game Freak or from Nintendo themselves. I just, it's, it's unfortunately kind of it looks bleak in that regard. That's why I'm probably not going to play this game because it, it, I really just don't want to participate in, in this Pokemon culture anymore. It's, it's really, uh... Uh, yeah, that's uh, fair. Angering, I mean, angering at this point. So you're not wrong on any level. My only counter to that would be look at like Skyrim, for instance, in that it got a bunch of performance updates, but it also has remained super popular despite having a ridiculous amount of yeah. bugs, like a hilarious amount of bugs. We all kind of enjoy looking at Skyrim and going like, "Oh, Skyrim, you're so yeah, silly. yeah, yeah, yeah," and so, like, like patching a patching cars and. You know, flying monsters Thomas into the, the game. Engine into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's part of me that is like a little charmed by like the janky bugs and like you know, um, I've taken some screenshots and like videos of like moments when the game kind of fucked up. There was a funny moment where like it was after I beat a Titan, and uh, I think it's like right, like I beat the Titan, and also like my Quaxley was like set to evolve like right after I beat it, and so like. Um, it turned to Quaxley after I beat the Titan. I was like, Quaxley, you beat the Titan. And then the camera panned over to the left and suddenly my Quaxley was there again in a new position. <laughs> and I was like, what? Quaxley's evolving. <laughs> so like, silly shit like that where I'm like, yeah, I kind of am obsessed with the jank here. But also like, wish and hope that like, because that's the thing. We, we talked earlier, like we don't need Pokemon games to be pretty, but it's like, what if they were though? <laughs> Wouldn't, you it, know, be like nice? what, wouldn't, wouldn't it be, be nice, nice if they both? were? Because yeah. I because I do like the aesthetics and the world yeah. of Pokemon. I think it's very cute. I still like love the original like first couple generations of them. I just mm-hmm. well, I think since Sun and Moon, I just haven't really been all that motivated to to dive yeah. back in. Unfortunately, yeah, and I will which say is sad because like, I love them. I love those little guys. I love yeah, them. And, and the thing that, like, truly the best part about Scarlet and Violet is seeing the new Pokemon. Because I think mm. there's, like, some really cool new designs in here. Um, mm. And it's fun to, like, discover Pokemon that you haven't seen before and be like, oh, cool. What is this dude? Um, I love the little, like, uh, the little cave girl, the little pink cave girl with the Tinkaton. hammer. Tinkaton, yeah, she's emerged as, like, a new gay icon, which we love for her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, like, I don't know, like... Like, Pokemon design-wise, I think that's where the game always shines. Battling is fun. It's just weighed... This game is weighed down by so much uh, jank and what could have been that it's uh, tough to recommend it. I will say one last nice thing about it before, you know, we finish it off. I would say that Mm -hmm. is that uh, I like the new system for TMs. I like actually hunting for materials, uh, like looking for specific Pokemon to grind to get the Mm -hmm. materials for the TM. You can get access to some pretty powerful shit pretty early uh, if you're willing to put in the work, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that they um, use that to like kind of incentivize battling wild Pokemon. Uh, Eric, basically what this is, is uh, TMs are technical machines, which are, you know, these little discs that you can give to your Pokemon to teach them a new move. Um, And in order to... um, so they switched it back because, like, it, it, I think it was, like, Generation 5 or 6, they made it, like, um, they changed it from consumable items to, like, uh, permanent reusable items. But then they changed it back, um, I think in Legends Arceus is when they switched it back. Maybe, I, I don't know. I can't think. Anyways, um, th- they're back to being consumable items again, but the way that you uh, get them is that you um, 
every time you fight a Pokemon, it drops like a material. Um, like if it's a grass pipe Pokemon, it'll be like small of leaf or, um, you know, something like that. And so you collect, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so you can collect those materials and then like craft them into TMs to like teach your Pokemon moves, which I think is a neat system. Um, Let's see other nice things. I don't know. I've said <laughs> enough nice things about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's again, it's fun. I'm like I, I, Eric. I called you the day the game came out and played the very boring first hour of the game and was like, oh, I think I hate this. But then you get ten hours in, you've explored like half the map, and you're like, wait, I'm having a good time. It's it's mm-hmm. it's fun. <laughs> you feel yeah, your like, brain start to smooth over, and you go, yeah. oh, I love <laughs> yeah, my yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, that's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It certainly is a Pokemon game that is it out now on is. Nintendo Switch. And based on the sales numbers, you've probably already bought it. So congrats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts before we move on? Hey, y'all, this is Lawrence from about a week and a half in the future from when we recorded this episode. And I just wanted to uh, come on here and uh, add a few additional thoughts. Uh, So obviously, we've been uh, pretty critical of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet throughout this episode. But after we finished recording, I guess what? Played the game for like seven days straight and have since beat it. And Game Freak... You did it again, you you uh, you weirdos. You made me fall in love with your uh, weird kind of broken game. So obviously there's still a lot of problems with it. Uh, some of the problems have been fixed a little bit. They uh, did a 1.10 patch, uh, which uh, fixed a few bugs. Uh, the Pokemon do close their eyes now when they fall asleep, which is nice um, alongside some other like small performance things. Overall, it's still kind of a janky game, but some things have been fixed out, but... Uh, besides that, I really did enjoy uh, my time playing through this game. Uh, the ending of the game goes kind of wild. Uh, I think the story goes to some really, really cool places, uh, really cinematic, really cool stuff happening after you beat kind of the three main paths. There's kind of one final uh, story mission um, that I think is really, really neat. Um, we also didn't talk too much about uh, Team Star, the villain organization. Um, I really enjoyed their story by the end of it. Uh, they're kind of all this gang of uh, queer-coded misfits. Uh, they Their backstory is that they were all, like, bullied at school, and that's what, like, led them to create Team Star, um, and you're kind of helping them kind of come back together and realize what they stand for and uh, find each other, find their chosen family vibes. Um, I think that's really neat. Um, lastly, there's a character named Penny, uh, who kind of becomes important in the story later on. Uh, you meet them pretty early on in the game. They, uh, carry this, like, big old cute Eevee backpack that's really cute. Um, and I think what's cool about them is that they're very much a, like, trans-coded character. There's a lot of gender fuckery that's going on with them, uh, very androgynous. And they also have a Sylveon on their team, which is the trans flight trans pride flag ev evolution which i think is really neat and a lot of people online have been uh pointing out how um that character seems to kind of have some uh trans coded vibes to them which i think is uh, really cool uh really cool characters overall in this game and yeah like i said like despite all of its problems um i warmed up to the game a lot by the end um i said uh late in this episode that like I don't think I could recommend this Pokemon game, but I kind of take that back, because I do think that there's a lot to love here, um, despite all the jank. Um, So yeah, I just would have felt remiss had I not come on here and said that I did enjoy my time uh, with Pokemon a lot more uh, in the days following our recording of this episode. Um, And yeah, I don't know where Eric's putting this in, but uh, enjoy whatever's next in the episode. Love you lots. Oh, also, the music slaps. Toby Fox... uh, 
composed a lot of the music for this game, and it's so, so good. Toby Fox, the creator of Undertale, of course. Um, yeah, the music's great in this game. Like I said, uh, lots of cool parts that uh, kind of make a uh, rough hole, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it's a cool game overall, and I'm really... Uh, I, I'm repeating myself. Anyways, uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. It's a cool game. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Go buy it. I, I say wholeheartedly now. Do it. Okay, bye. Pika Pika. Pikachu. Oh, um, the new electric uh, Palmo. Pom- oh, yeah. Palmo. Pommy, Pomo, and Pomot. They're really cute. Um, yeah, apparently, uh, if you're looking for a hack, you need like a thousand steps on Pomo uh, to get I it saw up to Pomat. You do just hop on top of like uh, an awning, like the P- Pokemon Center itself, uh, mm-hmm. and it will just run around in a circle. Run in a little you circle and yeah, just yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a treadmill. Nice. Gotta love Alrighty. that. Already, yeah. <laughs> uh, game hacks, real gamer hacks. Anyways, that's enough of that. That's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. We'll be back in a minute to talk about more here on Game for Play. And we are back with more gay for play. It's me, Eric. And this is the part of the show where we talk about what else we're gay for this week. But before that, I just want to say thank you so much again, Travis, for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. A very, very quick last minute hopping on in. You're a team player. We love it. We love having you. I love being here. Yeah, um, and we still need. We will we'll talk after we record, but we need to maybe get on your show sometimes. So yeah, no, fun. we need to talk about when that's happening because <laughs> that that is definitely happening. Perk. Um, also, Lords, um, did you realize that it's been two years since we released it's, our first episode yeah. of the podcast? Oh my god, yeah, happy yeah, two years! This is our like two year anniversary. It's crazy yeah. town. Yeah, um, congratulations! Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, crazy that we've been doing this for so long and have uh, done so many lovely little eppies and talked about so many lovely little games. It's We have been quite a, a backlog. We yeah. have literally like days worth of audio of our voices you could listen to. Yeah. yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. No matter where you're flying in the world, yeah. we can be right Although, there in the ears with you. <laughs> I did go back and listen to an episode from, I think like last year or something like that. Um, was it bad? Were and we I was, bad? Were we it was kind of bad. We were like, we were both at a point of being massively depressed, and you could tell. <laughs> was it our near Automata episode? No, I won't say which episode it was, but we were um, <laughs> we were both giving depressed, giving kind of um, bored vibes. It was not our finest work, but you know what? They can't all be hits. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Just like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Yeah. Oop. Yeah, they can't um, all be they can't all be based six hundred Pokemon. Some of them are gonna be a little weaklings. <laughs> a little small live. <laughs> would you eat a small live? Would you eat Absolutely. a Pokemon? Would if it looked if it if if it's if it looks delicious, would you would you try to eat it? Absolutely. I feel you like know, they it, really leaned into that this generation. Like Yeah. You, yeah, they are eating Pokemon, right? Fido, Pokemon. the do like the doughy the do, the doughy dog that yeah. like evolves into a fully cooked bread po- bread dog. Doxpin. Yeah, Doxpin. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> um, yeah, Woody Ham. Um, also, all the way back to um, 
Pokemon Gold and Silver when Team Rocket was cutting off Slowpoke tails and talking about how yummy they were. I was like... I've always thought that sounded good. Let me try. <laughs> put, a little, put a little soy sauce on there. I think we'll Those be probably cooking. grow back. Anyway, we don't need to talk. This is getting morbid. I want to hear about what else we're gay for this week. Lawrence, what else has been on your little gaydar? What's been on my gaydar is um, a couple things. I went to New York... Um, a couple weeks ago, as I mentioned. No one uh, opens the door for a native New Yorker. A native New Yorker. Whoa. Whoa. Um, I have no idea what we're referencing. <laughs> this was uh, Wendy Williams on The Masked Singer. Oh, uh, singing. right. Truly, uh, I think yeah, about it yeah. every day of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I think you introduced uh, so me to that on saying. this podcast, like, year, almost two years ago. <laughs> Um, so what do you do in, while you're in New York? Um, I'll tell you what you do in New York. You you go to the AMC in Times Square and you watch a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I, else is there to do? I saw Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, uh, while I was in New York. And God, I was transported away. I truly, when I walked out of the theater, I turned to my friend next to me and I was like, I was so transported by this movie. I forgot that I was here in New York City, not in the city that I'm usually in. Black Panther 2 is great. It's a fantastic movie. I, Black Panther 1 was a, like, cultural landmark of a film as far as, not even as far as the MCU goes. I feel like it was just, like, one of the best movies that I had seen that year. And so, like, it had a lot to live up to. Um, this movie is, uh, has grief as, like, a central uh, tenet of it, Um of course, of course, Chadwick Boseman passed away a couple years ago, and so that kind of left a big question of, like, what would this franchise turn into, and what are they going to do? And um, in the opening scene of this movie, um, uh, the character T'Challa dies off screen, and we kind of are seen with how the characters deal with that in their immediate aftermath. And a lot of this movie is about, like, how do we move on from our grief while still, like, um, you know, honoring the past? Um, and I think that it does that with a lot of, like... Um, tact, and you know, I, I, I've, I was worried that this movie would like be overly sentimental and like, um, just try to be a big cry fest in a way that would feel insensitive towards Chadwick Boseman's death. But I think that they handled it really, really well. I think they definitely took a lot of time to like try to address it correctly. Um, so that's all fine and good. But I also wanted to talk about um the, the villain of this movie, who is the finest motherfucker I've ever seen in my damn life, because. <laughs> Well, okay, and this was also true about the first Black Panther. Michael B. Jordan was the Michael hottest Jordan shit I'd so ever seen, and he was the so bad guy. Fine. Yeah, um, they done did it again with Black Panther and made the supervillain so damn sexy because Tenoch Huerta as Namor, the under the underwater king of the city of Talocan, um, the finest motherfucker I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Like, I, I can't literally the second that he like appeared on screen. Minor spoiler alert, but he, like, walks out of the water um, in this, like, nighttime scene. And, like, you just see him, like, walk out of the water and the water's, like, glistening off his skin. And he opens his mouth and, like, introduces himself. And, like, the second he opened his mouth and started talking, my jaw hit the floor. I felt things going on between my legs <laughs> that, that, um, that were concerning to me. Uh, and, God, just any time he was on screen was just so captivating, so sexy. And also, much like Michael B. Jordan in uh, in Black Panther 1, was spitting facts. <laughs> like, yes, is the villain That's in this movie, but I'm I think... That's what I'm glad to hear. But, like, um, 
you know, has, like, I think what Black Panther does that's really cool is that, like, their villains have some points, even if the way that they're going about things aren't great. Um, And I think that, like, uh, Namor had, like, a lot of things, a lot of things to say about colonialism and, um, you know, how fucked up the uh, imperial modern world is. Um, And was his solution to kill all of humanity? Sure. <laughs> but did he did he suggest going about it in a very sexy and fierce and anti-colonial way? Absolutely. Yeah, his, his BDE is so big they literally had to like scale it down in post. Yeah. Re- please release the um the bold uh, the bold cut of um <laughs> De no Suertas de Amor. Um anyways, and, it's a great movie. How, how is um um I forget what her name is but um the new Black Panther, right? It's sh- Well, that's the question. That's what don't, you don't say it because like it is kind of a question of like who they don't say who's the who the black panther will be and you don't really find out until um, uh, oh, okay. later on in the I, movie although so I, I will also say didn't see, i didn't see this movie so i, okay, I can't yeah, yeah. spoil it sorry although i will say it is pretty obvious <laughs> but like it still might be a, a like uh spoiler for some people so i won't say but everyone in the movie slays it's a uh um definitely like a female-led production uh letitia wright um What's her name? What's uh God? Why am I blanking on her? Lupita Nyong'o and uh, Denai uh, Denai Gurira all fucking slay in this movie. Um, we're also introduced to um, I don't know the actress's name, but she plays Ironheart, um, who is a like Iron Man inspired character in this movie. Uh, she's really great. Overall, the most I've enjoyed an MCU thing in a while. Um, because it's still at the end of the day is a you know roller coaster theme park film, but Black Panther at least has something cool to say uh and something different to say than just your standard superhero fare so. and and it's really nice to hear that um despite the tragedy of, of Chadwick Boseman's passing that they were still able to make a movie that didn't feel completely like out of whack or out of sync with what it was yeah. really supposed to be or what it no, was yeah, intended it was to be originally mm-hmm. I think of a lot about um um the rise of Skywalker because of um 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 Carrie, Carrie Fisher's Fisher. Carrie Fisher yeah, yeah thank you uh-huh. Carrie Fisher's death like her her passing affected a huge part of how that movie was supposed to play out and that movie yeah. ended up being kind of garbage uh, but Sorry. also like heath ledger and dark knight rises as well right like, exactly yeah. same thing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly and and they're always and it's always tragic and i think i was worried because i liked the first black panther so much that i i was nervous that this second one would feel not disrespectful but maybe just not as powerful as it could be um you know given yeah. the circumstances but I'd i'm say- excited to see it still yeah, Chadwick Boseman's absence is definitely felt, but like, um, I think that they just handle his passing so well. Um, I was truly in tears uh, by the end of the film, um, and I mean, obviously, it's a Marvel movie, so stay until the end always. But the mid-credit sequence uh, in this movie specifically, stay for it because I was weeping afterwards. Well, they don't bring Chadwick back in the yeah. post-credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Disney; um, they could do it. They could. <laughs> Anyways, that's Black Panther Wakanda Forever in theaters literally everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And probably on Disney Plus in like you know a week and a half. True. Yeah, probably. Eric, what do you get for this yeah. week? Yeah. Uh, this week, I'm gay for... Well, I've been super busy, so I haven't been playing a ton. But when I have had time to play, I've been going hard on the paint with God of War Ragnarok. Um, this is the sequel to the 2018 reboot of God of War titled yeah. God of War. 
And this um, is God of War Ragnarok forever. Ragnarok, <laughs> which is a sequel, but not really. It's actually the 10th in the game, but I don't know. What I like about these God of War remakes is that you can go, you can play them and not have played the other God of War games from the PS2 era, because I didn't. I started with 2018 and I loved it. Um, and Ragnarok Same. is uh, fucking incredible. Dare I say Santa Monica Studios put their whole Ragnarussi into this game. <laughs> Um, it is, uh, um, a, a sequel, a, a, a very immediate sequel, like not a ton of time passes, at least for the characters, I'd say a couple years goes by, but it definitely is just, uh, almost like a new season of a TV show. We're just going to pick up the ball where we left it and, and keep on exploring, um, this world and these characters and these relationships and God damn, this is some of the best video game dialogue writing performance uh, execution just style I, I, I've seen. Even better than uh, the 2018 God of War, which I thought was a pinnacle at that point. Um, I really come, I really keep thinking a lot about um, Last of Us Part Two in in relation to God of War Ragnarok. They're, they both sort of have a lot of um, similar things going on energetically. They are both trying to like follow up games that were critically hailed and you know people unsure of how they're going to follow up yeah um, both they games are both about like a father figure father and a child, and a child mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. yeah kratos in the first god of war is raising his son atreus um but he's a child and this one he's more of an older teen similar to how last of us part one is a younger ellie versus an older ellie in the second um also deals with a lot of passing the torch thematically and legacy you know they're not to spoil it but there are other characters you play in this game besides kratos it definitely talks about like okay here are here are these characters that were beloved at one point but going forward not just with these characters and the stories that we have to tell but like with video games as a medium what kinds of stories do we want our characters to play and do we always necessarily want them to be violent do things have to be hyper violent especially god of war a series that was known at the time way back in the mid 2000s for being like the most hardcore over the top violent shit yeah. and there's a lot of violence in these God of War remakes, but the, the, these games talk about them and deal with that, like the consequences of violence, I think so much better than Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2 do. Um, even though I would say the violence you're committing in God of War is so much more over the top and more stylized than what's going on in The Last of Us, I actually think that like it's not justified, but it, it plays way better and you don't feel gross and uncomfortable and bad the whole time you're doing it. You actually yeah. have fun with this game alongside getting uh, just this really beautiful story of uh, gods and men and history and mythology. And, and it's really good. I, I, have, yes. I, I don't have a lot of bad to say about it. I'm not done yet, but I am excited to finish it. We're probably going to have to do an episode on these games at some point. Oh, absolutely. There is yeah. stuff going on in these games, Lawrence. There is stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to play it. I never finished God of War 2018, but I... Um... I, I think I do want to like finish it before I pick up God of War Ragnarok, which has been the only thing that has stopped me from getting it. That, and I also decided to buy Sonic Frontiers instead, which is not <laughs> another another not great video game. Um, Travis, before we go to you, um, I need to say something on this podcast that I've been wanting and hoping that I would have a chance to say on air um, for months now, um, and that is that it's time to be real. <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> I've been waiting for the day where B Real goes off while we're recording, and this is a moment in well, culture. And that, I that just would not stop most talking about me and my Kratos. Career. Yeah, sorry, Eric. When you were talking about when you were talking about God of War Ragnarok, I was just like nodding and smiling because I saw my phone. And I saw the B Real notification <laughs> go off, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is such a moment." Okay, I still need to get my this. Real. Ah. And I don't even have my camera up. <laughs> I know. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, B Real's great, Travis. It's my favorite social media app. It might, um, spoiler alert for our um, end of the year video game pop culture and beyond awards. I think B Real might be nominated for some categories for its um, <laughs> for its contributions to the culture. <laughs> okay, B Reels are posted. Back to the show, uh, Travis. What are you gay for this week? Uh, I am gay for Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel. Yes! Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see it. I just saw it. It is Mm -hmm. so good. Uh, My god, he's done it again. Um, (laughs) What's weird is that, like, it's it's so timely. Um, It's about Mm. uh, a tech bro uh, being exposed for the fraud that he is and the not genius that he is. And it's like... (laughs) Wow, what a time for that to be coming Wow. Um, yeah. Like, also, doesn't it take place during, like, COVID quarantine lockdown in 2020? It does. It's And it's so well-crafted for that. Like, you've got one of the rich characters is coming in with, like, this very mesh sort of mask that clearly <laughs> does nothing. Um, you've got a scene of Benoit Blanc playing uh, Among Us in the tub with <laughs> Stephen Sondheim, Angela wow. Lansbury, and Natasha Lyonne. Like, it's... <laughs> So it's it's, just, a, it's a period piece, basically. It really is. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it's just really well made. It is this perfect niche of murder mystery comedy that I love. Clue is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, It's just so good. And he... What I really like is that he seems to do a very similar thing formulaically. And this isn't really giving much away. Um in that you think you know what's going on for about half an hour, and then he will completely pull back and be like, yeah. okay, so this is what the story has actually been about up until mm-hmm. now, and do a bit of a flashback and reset the scene for you. Yeah. Um, that's and- cool that they do that again, because that was definitely my favorite thing about Knives Out, was that, you know, pulling the rug out from under you moment that happens early on. So, cool yeah. to hear that it's happening again. And it doesn't feel like it's retreading the same thing. Like, it still mm-hmm. feels very fresh. Um, and it's just so good. Every single one of them is so good. Nice. And this it's in theaters now, and it's coming to Netflix on Christmas, right? Uh, yeah, it's only in theaters for like a week. Netflix insisted on a really limited run, and I just yeah, happen yeah, to yeah. live in Toronto. So like, if they're going to show it anywhere in Canada, they're going to show it here. Um, nice. So yeah, I got to see it, and it'll be on Netflix in a couple weeks. Everyone should go see it. It's fantastic. Nice. Ryan Johnson does it again. I love Ryan Johnson. Made the I, best Star Wars movie. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Yeah, Star Wars. Period. I'm so glad we're all in agreement here here in this house. Slay. <laughs> Work. Oh my gosh. Well, we've done it again, folks. Um, a month has gone by, but we managed to record another lurbly episode of Gay for Play. Um, Travis, thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Yeah. Where can the good folks find you and your show? Uh, what a time to ask that. Um, for now, you can find us on Twitter if you want. <laughs> While the ship is sinking. Uh-huh. Um, we are on uh, Twitter at, at Rainbow Road Pod. You can find us on any of your major um, 
podcatchers. Uh, oh, I guess I never really actually explained what we do. So we do something very similar to, if, you, if this is your first time hearing me, um, we do something very similar to Gay for Play. Uh, Rainbow Road talks about queerness and gaming. Um, we're... <laughs> Not quite as great as you guys. We're a little more pretentious. Oh stop! But... Oh stop! <laughs> no, I, I love I love your show and I love being a part of it. Um, so, but yeah, if you if you like this and you want uh, more of it, please check us out at Rainbow Road. Uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me um, on Twitter at Travis Ryan's or on any of the five social networks that we've all fled to now in the panic refugee <laughs> crisis. Um, I as Quantum Ginger on pretty much any of those things uh, on Hive, on Tumblr, on Discord, on Dasher and Donner and Blitzen. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> work um you can find us uh at gay for play pod on uh twitter while it lasts and instagram uh you can email us at gay for play podcast at gmail.com and we have a patreon page which has been uh collecting cobwebs but uh we, pro- we promise we'll put shit on there eventually <laughs> <laughs> and no we haven't taken down our halloween decorations pod. yet but we will at some point <laughs> our, our halloween decorations from last year to be clear yeah. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Afroman76. And you can find me on Hive at Lawrence. <laughs> Isn't that a gag? Was that not taken? It wasn't. I, I hopped into Hive like last year, like when when the app just came out and people were like, you should check this out. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but let me hop onto it and claim my first name. And I got it. Um, and who knows if I'll use it or if it's just going to be a, another... Um, Another waypoint on the great Twitter exodus that we're all going through, but I'm on Hive at Lawrence with a U. Yes, I am on pretty much at this point just Instagram at Eric of the Sun. Remember to put underscores between all of those words. Um, I don't have anything else to plug, but I do want to say um, the Leah Michelle cast recording of Funny Girl dropped today. Um, <gasps> is available to no stream way. on Spotify and Apple. Yeah, so go ahead and check that, that out. That is some juicy drama that we need to we need to dive into. Also, I love that they uh, that she opened the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade by singing "Don't Rain, rain on My I mean, parade. it's a it slam felt, dunk. It's a it, yeah, bomb on it the head, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it was an alley for sure. <laughs> work alrighty well until next time y'all have fun catching your Pokemon or um, not doing so if you don't like playing janky games <laughs> although I love it I I, I I unfortunately do kind of love Pokemon Scarlet and Violet I fear Look play at me saying nice things right at the it end. works yeah I need to I, I need to play a game that's that looks good for my soul <laughs> <laughs> Travis thanks again for being here we'll thanks, catch Travis. you next time thank you so much for having me See y'all later, listeners. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Gay for Play. Our theme music is by Connor Marsh, and our show art is by Benny Kessler. If you'd like to support the show, you can check the episode description for a link to our Patreon, socials, and more. Until next time, dear listeners, stay away from poison and steel-type moves, because y'all look like a bunch of fairy types to me.